Okay, here we go. The Panda Magazine. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio dial. The Magazine. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. <laughs> Try to stop smoking. That's a beauty, huh? Well, with cigarettes, my wife and I, we made a deal, my wife and I. We only smoke after sex. I got the same pack now since 1975. <laughs> what bothers me is my wife. She's up to three packs a day. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show! My wife's not a good cook. The neighborhood flies chipped in to sew up the hole in the screen. I have so much to say. Mm. I have so... Now, where should I start? Where do I begin? Uh, the the beginning, yeah. Who did oh, that song? Where do I begin? begin? Andy Williams? They've all done it. We're doing, <laughs> yeah, we're doing the Planet Mikey podcast episode two five three. Correct. Now it's an award winning podcast. You know we've gotten almost every single podcast award that's given to anyone in Sudbury, Massachusetts. That's ever. right. Yeah, we own them all. Trophies everywhere you look. Look around here. Look at this. Gold records. This is this this studio has such a history, a rich history. It's like a shrine or a museum. It is. Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about the Pelham Island Studios, famous for recording all kinds of unbelievably talented rock and roll bands over the course of history. Jazz bands, too. Good folks. Blues bands, too. All kinds of stuff. Smitty can do it all. And uh, who else could record it here? Uh, Eartha Kitt? No, no. Oh, oh, wait. I was thinking of the other studio. Yeah, she couldn't make it. We're brought to you by Pro Automotive. By the way, can I say something right now to Ben Kitchen and yes. to Bill Smith what about, is it? about Pro Automotive? Something uh, happened. At well, whenever Pro I say Pro Automotive, I'd like there to be some kind of like special celebration of me saying the words Pro Automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro, Pro. Pro. Automotive. See how awesome that is? How did you find that ad from 1992? I Production we, values, man. Yeah, we had to pay a lot to get that. And the miracle of this thing is it, it that that plays every time I say the words pro automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, pro automotive is who to see. Pro, 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 pro. automotive. That's, a, that's great. Oh, yeah. Now, what was I going to say? Well, I was there. I was actually there physically. There, Where were you? Uh, at... Well, I don't know, don't, because, you know, it'll happen. Okay. It's magic. If I say those words. What words? I just don't want the audience to be confused. I want to explain why, though. These guys, I mean, they're not just guys. guys. What guys? They're the guys at Pro Automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro Pro, Pro, Pro. Automotive. Automotive. Beautiful. Now, here's why it's so, they're so good at what they do. You know, I have the old car. It's a 2008. It's a Mercury Grand Marquis. Oh, it's upwards of 60 Not 000. just a Marquis. It's the Grand Marquis. Grand Marquis. Yeah. Nobody, no one was, was buying the regular Marquis. Okay. Would they pronounce it the Grand Marquis? <laughs> La Marquis Grand. See. Uh, but what, it had a little issue with a, uh, a wheel bearing, and it needed, uh, you know, a caliper. I don't even know what these things are. I just say them. I seem to sound like I know what I'm talking about. You know, when I was in the car business, my boss used to say, let's go look at this guy's trade-in. So we go open up the hood, and we look at it. He'd say, he'd say, the guy doesn't, you know, he goes, I don't know what I'm looking for here. He goes, but if you keep pointing at stuff inside the engine, the guy will think you do. <laughs> so he's, the guy's inside the lobby watching us look at it under his hood. And 
my boss points at something. He doesn't. He, oh, and that over there. Yeah, don't forget. Yeah. Oh, and, and it makes it makes the guy think we know what's going on underneath the hood of his car, which is total bullshit. So that's one of those scams that car dealers do. Well, it's not a scam so much. Oh my it's, God, it's just Mike. a little bit misleading. And you participated. Anyway, I don't know much about the actual car engines and all that stuff, but yeah. Pro Automotive does. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro, Pro. Pro. Automotive. And they have a, a, a loaner car, too, now, a courtesy car, that so they, I didn't have to sit there and wait. I just took the little brand-new Kia. It only had 300 miles on it. I took right. it home, and they called me said, this morning, first thing, ah, oh, car's already. I'm like, really, already? Hold on, they give you a loaner car a, when you're... A, a courtesy car. Oh. Mm-hmm. They're great. It's nice. With how many locations? Three. Oh, three. Uh, South Main Street, Webster. That's the main, the main office. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. 8 Englewood Street in Webster as well. And don't forget, in Dudley. Dudley. D- Dudley, too, right, of the Mounties. I want to marry your daughter, Nell Fenwick. <laughs> 199 Oxford Avenue, Dudley. That's Pro Automotive. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. Pro, <laughs> Automotive. If you, say, if you take that name and add ma.com, that's their website. I love them. And, they, and Morgan... You know, she takes care of the office and runs everything. She knows what everything's going. Amber, all the certified mechanics, and, uh, of course, Jason Russo, the owner who we love. Now, we're also brought to you, and I know I get some commercial content here. Mm -hmm. We get it done early so we can have the entertainment part of the program self-contained. So business up front, fun in the back. Without interruption. Okay. Yeah. That's the best sign ever, by the way. So your show's a mullet? (laughs) (laughs) The best... Best sign ever is the one in front of the building, you know, says, the bar, he says, it says, uh, liquor in the front, poker in the rear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are also sponsored by the greatest Italian restaurant anywhere near Melrose, Massachusetts. Wait a minute, is that Giacomo's? Giacomo's. There's only one. It's, uh, it's so great. 454 Main Street, Melrose. And uh, Shushing Firearms in, in uh, Bill Ricca. Vinny. The He's best there is. Still working on your gun. I think it'll be ready soon. I hope I have it for Christmas because yeah. I'm planning on shooting some squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> some, get myself some pelts. That'd please the neighborhood. <laughs> I need some squirrel pelts. I'm going to make myself a hat. <laughs> Why does this hat smell like squirrel shit? Because uh, you got it turned around backwards. The tail's not supposed to be dripping down over your face. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> also brought to you by my grandma's coffee cake, one eight hundred eight grandma, the world's greatest coffee cake. And Ben's got some kind of allergies going. He oh, sneezed yeah. fifteen Sneezing. times since yep. he got here. Yeah. It's brutal. Think he's got the Rona? How do you say Gesundheit in German? Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's the commercial content. Oh, go to mygrandma.com, order a cake, get it in now for Christmas because mm. oh boy, oh, and I sent one to uh, Matt Chatham, who was our guest last week. Yep, he wanted the regular, you know, cinnamon walnut. My grandma's. Signature cake. When you were running down the flavors, he lit up on that one. He's and they're like, oh, they're they're, they're so quick at setting them up. I gave the request down there, uh, Kath at, at uh, she's so nice at uh, my grandma's. I said we gotta send this to Matt Chatham. Bang, boom, things sent already. It's on the way. In fact, he probably got it today. Where was I? Oh, and quickly next week, Bill Lee. Where he I checked in with him. He had the procedure done in his heart, you know, to save his life. Yep. He had a stint put in. I mean, he's going to tell us all about it. What an adventure it was. It took three tries for you to get it right. 
I'll, I'll, we'll talk about it. So he lived. He's alive and well. I talked to him last night, and he's doing great. Good. <laughs> In fact, he went to the uh, induction into the Legends. You know, the, the Boston Sports Museum has the Legends uh, get-together. And I, when Bill Lee went into the Legends thing, it was he, he went in Shaq, Drew Bledsoe, uh, you know, a whole bunch of guys. Well, Dennis Eckersley was, was put in, and Bill Lee went to the ceremony because he's a he's a legend as well. Yep. Uh, I have so much to tell you guys tonight, all all of you out there in l- l- radio listening land. Are we in the radio anymore? No, we're the no. audio. We're in the audio, but you know, that's the new word. I, I don't miss being on the radio. What's you your know? favorite audio station? <laughs> I, the, so many times I think to myself, well, you know, back when I was in radio, I sound like an old goat. Back when I was doing radio, <laughs> WEEI and other fabulous stations, legendary stations, some WNEW New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I worked there. <clears throat> I, now I don't, I'm not in radio anymore. That's right. I do, I do a podcast, which is personal. You know, our, <clears throat> excuse me, our 250,000 listeners per episode. I feel like they're my personal friends. So if each one of them just decided one day to send us just one dollar. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We could buy all kinds of shit. Yep. Uh, in, f- in fact, Ben could get like a new gay-looking Everything. sweatshirt. Where'd you get that thing? Provincetown? What's wrong with this? I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, what, you think only Burton g- hoodie. You think only gay people live in Provincetown or something? What are you, Jeez, prejudiced? Jesus, what's wrong with you? What squirrel crawled up your ass? Oh boy! What's wrong with you? Oh boy! (laughs) You don't like my sweatshirt, Jesus? (laughs) It looks so nice on the rack. Oh boy! (laughs) All right. Anyway, now now let's get serious for a second. This is a news item, but it's not the news. You don't have to play the sound or or the or the pro automotive jingle. If you've got trouble with your car, truck, or SUV, Pro Automotive is who to see. I've opened. At the end. Automotive. Automotive. Oh, I, just, I missed my cue. Um, MA.com. I saw on the TV news today, the foreign-born, guess what the percentage of, of people living in America is that were born in another country? What's the percentage of all the people living in, in uh, this country who were born elsewhere? Where, guess. Where'd you find that information? 13%. That's too low. Really? Yeah. 26%. That's too high. <laughs> 23%. Massachusetts is 20% at least, because we're getting killed. Hmm. 15% of American people, or or people living in America, were born in another country. Now, that's a problem. Why? There's a multitude of reasons why that could be a problem. Unless they're here legally, (coughs) which, of course, they're not. Right. Yeah. Well, many of them aren't. You know, I think the United States allows 1.3 million legal, you know, that's our quota. You come in legally, you assimilate, right. you get yeah. a job, you participate in the community, right. help out the economy, so you do stuff for America. 1.3 million a year is what the America says. Is That's a quota. You can you can bring in a million point three new people from various countries. Now, as Donald Trump famously said, how can we get all these people from shithole countries? He, you know, he says, where are all the Norwegians? <laughs> but, but the fact of the matter is, that's true. They're not coming here because they like it in uh, France or because they, they think it's swell to live in uh, Aruba. No, they're coming here because they want to try to improve their, their situation. Mm-hmm. The problem is 
If we say well, 1.3 million is our quota, and then Joe Biden puts four to six million a year across the border randomly, doesn't know who they are, where they're from, they 180 terrorists, people on the terrorist watch list, he's led into this country in the yeah. last two years. They, in this day and age, right now, with what's going on in the world, doesn't that scare you a little yeah, bit? It's all deliberate and it's all being done on purpose, and it's just crazy. But nope. they're so full of shit. Nope. And then what's her name? Karine, uh, what's her? What's the press secretary's name? Oh, Karine Jean Pierre. Yeah, she says President Biden is using diplomacy and enforcement, and and it, he's not using anything no. to stop the flow. She's of the people. queen of the gaslighting. She just lies. So what happens? Well, ask any city. Hmm. <laughs> where where are they all? Ask Wh Mayor Adams in New York, and then ask Mayor Adams what happens when you speak out against the administration. Oh, and then you know, this week, two days ago, hmm. our governor of Massachusetts said, "You know what? They need more border control." Uh, it, oh, really? How, who's been saying that for five years? <laughs> I'm going to raise your hand if you've you been did. Saying you that said for it, Mike. You can't do that. The system gets uh, buried under its own, the weight of its own absurdity. Yeah, look up Cloward and Piven. It's just ridiculous. And, of course, there has to be a limit to anything. And I said it before, and I made the comparison before. Disney World doesn't say, okay, we have unlimited. You, anybody, you can, we could have a million people come into Disney at once, pay the same fee, and wait six hours to go on one ride. It's, it's not doesn't work that way. You got to be reasonable about it. So that's the news item that troubles me the most. And you know that, and the fact that they're letting men play women's sports. And right now, today, Biden's trying to change all that. Uh, what's that uh, rule nine? What's it called in college? Title nine. Title, Title nine. nine. Yeah. He's trying to change it so that the the rights of not just the female athletes are protected under Title nine, but those who say that they're female. How dare you? Get get their rights protected too. What the fuck's with Biden? What's he thinking? Or he's, he's not? No, he's not. Somebody else is running the show. You know that, and the fact that all the media outlets now on the on the left are saying, you know, as they did for years and years, and they keep you know, Trump is Hitler. He's a dictator. Uh, that's the new thing. They're going to yeah. say that till the till the election. He wants to be a dictator. First of all, you can only do two terms. He's got four years. He we had four years. It was better under Trump than it was, than it is under Biden. And everybody knows it. And there weren't there weren't three wars going on at once. And uh, but but Trump is Hitler, and they keep going back to Hitler. Hitler. Well, first of all, Trump's daughter is an is an. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's the word for for Orthodox Jew? Is, is what she is. Her husband's Jewish. No one did more for Israel. I mean, changing Jerusalem to the than Trump. Hmm. Trump was so, but he but he's Hitler. Okay, he's Hitler. he hates Jews, right? So his daughter's Jewish. Yep, I love Jews. <laughs> but, <laughs> My favorite know, people. But, but, but they the, they picked the absolute least possible person to compare him to, which is Adolf Hitler. For Christ's sake, they of go course, right for the nuts. The worst person in history. But you know, anyway, didn't, I had to get that didn't off Hitler like uh, persecute his political rivals and jail them well, and things? Yeah. You know, isn't that what's the happening? Night of Long Knives yeah, or something like that. Something I think like that's that. something called something. Jesus Christ. Right, Don? My name is Bill Smith, and here's where I live. <laughs> here's I live in I live. Sudbury. <coughs> oh, man, I got something <coughs> caught in my throat. <coughs> ben, already I got the cold you're sneezing on me. My bad. Got the Rona. That's that so, new, so Joe uh, Biden's new in, pneumonia. Biden's in Good Boston luck. today. And, you know, have you noticed there's a traffic problem? They had to close the tunnel airport because Biden was landing in... In the airport, and you know, not that we ever have any tunnel problems in the big dig or coming back and forth from Logan. Yeah. No. So, what time of day was this? You're gonna sneeze again? 
We're good. So Biden has a problem. Achoo. He comes to Boston, and what does he do? He's here for what reason? To go to a concert with James Taylor at the Schubert. Oh, so stop traffic in the entire city of Boston, Joe, because you want to be at the Joe at the James Taylor it's concert. A horrible concert. It's going to be called "We've Got a Friend in Joe." James, what oh, happened? Well. You want to throw up? Holy oh. shit! Is John Kerry going to be there? Probably. So anyway, that's you know we we need that shit. Oh, we need traffic jams, and he's got he's got another event in Weston. I wonder what that's about. Maybe money. James Taylor has a song called Traffic Jam. No, Weston doesn't have any money. No money. Oh. No money. Um, Yeah, we're going to go to Wellesley next. I I don't, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm this close to be, to just disavowing any knowledge of of Lyft or or Uber driving, but I got to tell you about this one lady in Wobbin. Wobbin? Wobbin? You know, Wobbin, you know, the Wobbin section of Newton, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where where Walkin Wobbin was, Wiving. Tweet. Smitty doesn't. Smitty is just jumping in. But who no, did who he's... did Rock and Robin? Bobby Day. Yes, I only know it from Raffy. Bobby Day. He rocks in the treetop all night long, bumping and grinding and flinging his dong. <laughs> is that how it goes? Walk and wobbin. Anyway, I picked up this. I went to get. I got notified that there was a. I was just driving around. I was bored. A lift. A lift ride said, "Oh, you have to pick up Deborah." Oh, Deb. Deb in Wobbin. So I said, okay. So I pull up in front of the address they gave me. It's like a nail salon or something. And I wait and I wait and I and I send a text. You send a text. I'm here. You know your ride's here. Then you call. If they don't come out, you get five minutes. If they don't come out in four minutes, I always just call them and say, you know what? I'm out here. I called. No answer. So I'm like, okay. This is going to be one of those cancel the no shows. So I'm getting ready to leave, and this guy comes out of the the nail salon. He goes, are you waiting for someone? I said, yeah, and the time's almost up. Brings out this lady. She's got a walker. She's very old. Oh. And she walks slowly to my car. Slowly to my car. And I get out because she's got the walker. And I was going to fold it up, put it in the trunk for her. Because I'm very, very kind uh, Lyft driver. Mm-hmm. And she comes around to the back and, and she, she goes, uh, no, I have to ride in the front. I said no. I don't. I don't do front seat lift rides. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't do. It. You have to. You have to sit in the back. I can't. I know. I get sick. She says you don't want her puking in the back seat. I can't. I I, I get sick. I said, well, maybe you gotta maybe you gotta get another ride then. I was gonna tell her. You know, that's where I keep my guns in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Scare her off a little bit. She was upset. I said, well, uh, who called for the ride? She goes. My daughter. I said, well, call her and tell her you need a different ride, okay? Because, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to let – break my rule. First of all, there's germs. You know, people get in the front seat with you. You have the – How do you think I got sick? You turned down an old lady who was handicapped. I, look, I, I know. Uh, excuse I, me. I opened the door. I was, holding the do- I was holding <laughs> the door open for her. Yes. I was waiting. Here's the back seat. A beautiful grandma key, leather, back seat, clean as a whistle. Oh. No, I have to ride in the front. I get sick. So the the end of the story is you put her in the front. Nope. You kicked her out. No, put her in the trunk. Get another ride. You, you her killed her? her? You bitch. No, I didn't say that. God damn it. No, you just awful? said you bitch. You didn't tell her to get another ride. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you ever hear that song by James Taylor, Traffic Jam? Yeah. No. I can already tell it sucks. You never heard that song? This might not work. Let me try I it. do a great James Taylor. Do you want me to do Taylor. it here? I might be able to do it here. Hold on. 
You know, we should do a karaoke with James Taylor's song because I can do care. I can do James Taylor impersonation. Yeah. Remember that? Terrible. I hate James Taylor. Jam, I do too. Would you find that? See, I don't hate him now when he's singing that song, but I hate him when he's going. You know, uh, whenever I see your smiling face, I leave a shit. Well, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> and by the way, Carly Simon had horse teeth, okay? Oh, Probably man. still does. Oh, she's a nice woman. I know she is. All right, I want to do a little baseball. This is fun stuff. Oh, yeah, the fun stuff begins now. God. Now. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's fun. God. Jesse, let me see if you ever heard any of these guys. Jesse, these are nicknames, okay? And I called these from the internet, but I... It's amazing how many people back in the old days of baseball had funny nicknames. Jesse, and these are all birthdays that have a, birthdays in the, in the next few days or yesterday. Jesse Crab Burkett. His nickname was Crab. How did he get that name? He was called Crab due to his bad attitude and willingness to fight with umpires, coaches, managers, teammates, and rookies. The Crab. He fought people all the time. <laughs> uh, by the way, he was also... The all he's born eighteen sixty nine. Wow, four years after the Civil War was over, and he lived till nineteen fifty three. Yeah, and he was right. He and he was a manager of a team in Worcester. Uh, he's a minor league team or something like that. Jesse Crab Burkett. Birthday was December fourth, and he's the all time record holder in baseball for inside the park home runs. Wow, how many? Guess a crab. Inside the park home runs, this guy. 12. 45. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's well, a, you didn't hit. Uh, there were no fences in right. a lot of these places, right? Well, that's obviously. Because nowadays, if you had four, you're, it's a lot. You know, you'd have to be like Willie Wilson or something. Willie. Wee Willie Wilson. Okay, next guy. Yeah. Boo, Boo, Boo Ferris. Boo Ferris. How do you get the name Boo? Well, he was real popular on Halloween, I guess you might imagine. <laughs> Boo Ferris was nicknamed due to an inability when, when he was a kid to say brother. <laughs> and stuck with him. Yeah, Boo. Boo Ferris. Now, here's, what, here's what's weird about him. He only pitched five years. He, he's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame, though. Okay. He had 21 wins in his rookie year. Mm. And the next year, he had 25 wins. So he was off to a racing start. Boo Ferris. Well, what happened to him? Well, he, he ended up uh, sucking. <laughs> oh. He couldn't... <laughs> I think the war might have interfered with something. Anyway, uh, but he went on to be a tremendous coach. In fact, he's in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame for his coaching baseball. Uh, he died in 2016 at the age of 94. Boo, Boo Ferris. And I'm still trying to figure out, how, why is he in the Red Sox Hall of Fame? Because hey, his first two seasons? I don't know. I guess he pitched in 46 in the World Series. I don't know. Hey, but I like the nickname. Scary, but fun. Watch. <laughs> Boo! Ah! <laughs> See? Scared the shit out of both yeah, you fellas. Maybe they're anti-booish. Now, how about this nickname? Ed Kickapoo Summers. Kickapoo? How'd he get that name, Kickapoo? Well, Kickapoo, of course, is a, an indigenous tribe of Mexican Indians yep. of some sort. I don't, I don't, I'm not really a Kickapoo expert. Mm -hmm. Although, if you're in San Francisco, you need to be a Kickapoo expert because it's all over the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in the 1908 World Series, Kickapoo Summers pitched in games one and four, losing both times to Three Finger Brown. 
Mordecai. Mordecai Three Finger Brown, baseball's most famous proctologist. Well, there you go. Three Finger Brown was a legend. On July 16th, listen to this one. On July 16th, 1909, Kickapoo Summers pitched 18 scoreless innings of a tie game against the Washington Senators. Now, you go out there as a pitcher. Normally, you know, and nowadays they take you out after six because you're a pussy. They say, all right, you know what, sit down. We got guys in the bullpen. This guy, no, no, 18 innings. That's like two full games he pitched. And he's the only guy ever to do that, by the way. In the history of, uh, of the game. Did they add up the number of pitches he threw? Uh, no, back then they didn't even have a ways to count that many pitches. Oh. It was impossible. They had no computers back then. Yeah, that's right. Summers played three additional seasons before rheumatism ended his playing career at the age of 27. Well, after, you know, sitting in there playing all those pitches. That yeah. Well, that's how he got the rheumatism. That's <laughs> From pitching too much. Threw the ball too much. <laughs> 68 wins, 45, 2.42 ERA, 79 complete games. This guy, by before 27, had done a lot of shit. He died from a cerebral hemorrhage at age 68 in 1953 in Indianapolis. Now, in spite of his nickname, Summers did not identify as Native American and consistently identified himself as white, according to the census. Mm -hmm. You know, back then, let's face it, you know... Native Americans, a lot of people didn't like them for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. It was the feathers or the teepees or what. <laughs> now, I got one more. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I got one more uh, nickname for you before I get on to my Bo Belinsky story. Really? Tony Lazeri, New York Yankees, member of the Murderer's Row with Babe Ruth and uh, Lou Gehrig. How did he get that name, Tony? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's Italian. His his nickname was Push Him Up. Push Him Up. Push Him Up, which is, I, I guess it's an Italian dialect thing about for hitting a home run. That, that's what the Italians call it. Push Him Up. Yeah. But imagine going through life saying, what's your nickname? Push, push Him Up. It's not like a, like a training bra. <laughs> right? Um, he was nicknamed Push Him Up by Italian-speaking fans from a mistranslation of an Italian phrase meaning to hit it out. So that's where Push Him Up came from, and uh, now you know. Uh, that's kind of something you'd, you probably wanted to know for a long, long time. He's also one of only 14 major leaguers to hit for the natural cycle, which means to get a single, double, triple, and a home run in a row in that order. Wow. It doesn't happen ever. He's in the National Baseball Hall of Fame, and he also has the American League record for the most runs batted in in a single game. How many did Tony Lazeri drive in in a single game, Ben, to hold the record for the American League in RBIs for one game? Eleven. Exactly eleven. <laughs> Holy crap! There you go, Ben. A, you get an A. Thanks. You get. I know. I'm gonna give you an A. Remember when young Ben started with this podcast? He was quiet. He was just a young demure. whippersnapper. Didn't say much. By the by, the way, the whippersnapper is the photographer at a uh, <laughs> a gay orgy. Uh, that's what the. <laughs> Go see the whippersnapper. <laughs> I got pictures of everybody, even Shorty over there. Had to get my macro lens out for that one. All right, sorry. Bobolinsky. Now, what do you know about Bobolinsky? You're going to know everything you need to know. You mean Tony Bobolinsky? No, not Tony, not the guy. No. Bo Bolinsky. By the way, called that because his mother, who was Jewish, called him Bobola. Yeah, see, oh. yeah, this is where I, I don't just get the nickname. I go back and I trace Very the good. roots of the nickname. I like that. So Bobolinsky, 
Born in 1936 on December 7th. That's why I do it. The birthday's coming up. On, on Larry Bird's birthday, Bo Belinsky would have turned uh, 80... Uh, uh, <sighs> 87. God, the math is tough. Bobolinsky. Now, this is an interesting story because he was different. Mm -hmm. He became a local celebrity with the Los Angeles Angels as a rookie. Why? Well, he won his first four starts, including a no-hitter. That's pretty good. Yeah. <clears throat> he was born in Manhattan, the son of Anna and Edward Belinsky. His father was a Polish-American Catholic. His mother was Jewish when he was a child. His grandmother, who was a Russian Jew, called him Bubbla. That's how he got the nickname. Do you now, ever know anybody you didn't like named Bubbla? It's hard to. I know. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> it's such a it's so cute. Bubbla. Um, so he's an L.A. rookie, right? And he's he he was already notorious for a, a, an amazing nightlife and a whole stable of women. For some reason, he was really hot to trot with the women. In fact, <laughs> after he threw the no hitter, they asked Bo about that. And he said, if if music be the food of life, uh, love, by all means, let the band play on. Oh, <laughs> Everybody's like, what? There you go. What does that mean? In 1962, he became getting a lot of copy in the tr in the trade papers out there in a, uh, the, the, you know, the, what do you call them, uh, columns? Uh, the, uh, gossip columns? Yeah, gossip yeah. Uh, is, is the okay. word yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. Because he was always out with all these hot women. Uh, he, he became a, what's called a playboy slash athlete. And they wrote all kinds of articles about the guy because he wasn't even that good of a pitcher, but he was getting all these women. Let me give you a, a so quick... So the chicks dig him. By the way, he also lost the, the no-hitter the same year to Earl Wilson of the Red Sox. Hmm. Uh, and uh, that's a, that's a, side, a sidebar story. Um, that has a whole different element to it. We'll get into that some other podcast in the future. Who are these but women, he, this He was guy? linked romantically at one time or another to such... Stars as Anne Margaret, wow. Connie Stevens, Tina Louise, who played Ginger on Gilligan's so Island. He has a type. And Mamie Van Doren, yeah. the giant yeah. knockered That's blonde right. bombshell. And I think Tony C. also dated her. Tony Canigliaro back in the day. Anyway, that's just part of the list. He married and divorced Playboy Playmate of the Year Joe Collins and then heiress Janie Weyerhauser. He eventually overcame alcoholism to become a counselor and a spokesman for the alcohol abuse program that he entered in Hawaii. Uh, he eventually would die of a apparent heart attack at age 64. Oh, young guy. But uh, he, he became a born-again Christian, even though he was Jewish. Hmm. Clean, sober, he says, clean, sober, and born-again Christian. F can you imagine that? He says, finding Jesus Christ in Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, this guy was like off the rails. But he's the guy that introduced... <clears throat> now, Angie Dickinson yes. was the policewoman on TV. Mm -hmm. And according to my friend, the monster, Dick Raditz, yes. Bo Belinsky introduced him to Angie Dickinson. So he's probably banging her too. <laughs> Right? I mean, I, we could get Angie on the phone. She's still alive. She's like 93. Yeah. But we could, we could. Uh, I don't know. So anyway, he had a, a, a criminal charge because he had the Gloria Eves, a former nightclub cashier and a hat check attendant, fi filed a 150,000 damage suit against Belinsky, claiming an assault on June 13, 1962. She, uh, according to her claim, she was dragged by Belinsky from the rear seat of his late model Cadillac, Prior to the 5 a.m. incident, 
Belinsky had been partying with a group of Hollywood celebrities, including Eddie Fisher, Dean Martin, Keeley Smith, and Henry Fonda. What the hell? What kind of life did this guy have? Fun. He was so famous that the comedian at the time, who was very popular, was on the Ed Sullivan Show, Alan Sherman. I remember Alan Sherman. He that did, Hello, Mother, Hello, yeah, Father, yeah, that guy. That's him. Hello, yeah. Mother. He, he also had a, an album. We you know he'd go out and play clubs, and he got a mention uh, of Bo Belinsky in his song "Oh Boy." Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Igor Stravinsky. Oh boy. Ball Balinsky. Oh now, okay, so when you've made it onto an Alan Sherman. God, that was horrible. I, oh, well, you know, the guy, oh the guy wasn't that funny. Oh boy. But I mean, it just shows you what in the early 60s, mm. A, what wasn't funny. Was was acceptable, and B that Bo Belinsky was part of this guy's routine because he was such a hot name in the in the news, mm. and now he's dead. Bo Belinsky's dead. The left-hander will not be pitching. Will not be coming down from the bullpen. But the, what was that? <laughs> if music was the food of life, or no? Let the band play Is on. That what he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very very clever little thing. Uh, he that guy could turn a phrase too. Not only could he, he could turn the women on, but he could also turn a phrase. Yeah, he must have had something special. So I had a uh, a very big one of those ESP moments that I have. What are you talking, I'm talking about? Talking to the the dead. You know those premonitions that you get. They're real. Mm. And people are going to say, well, you, you're, you're on something. No, I'm not. Well, I am, but it has nothing to do with that. Mushrooms, right? I get these things, and they're magical. Now, they're usually connected to my dad. Yeah. Now, my dad's been dead since 2011. Mm. <laughs> but these things happen. So I'm watching Gunsmoke. What are you laughing at? You should start catching up. There's 20 seasons of episodes you got to catch up. Watching TV from 65 years. No, ago. but it's good. It's good stuff. Was this a black and white uh, gun smoke? Yeah, or plus a... Miss Kitty. If she could ever come back to life the way she looked in season one, Ooh. I would. Yeah. I'd I'm... even I'd even limp up to her and pretend I was Chester. She. Uh, that's the only limp part that would be a limp. Now. Here's the thing. So I'm watching Gunsmoke, and this guy, I see this guy on the screen. My dad my dad didn't know very many famous people, you know. He went to St. Lawrence University, and, he, you know, he'd, he'd met Kirk Douglas. But he didn't have many good stories of famous people that he met or dealt with. But he always talked about this guy, Sandy Kenyon. And so I'm watching Gunsmoke, and I see this guy. I go, you know, I think that's the, I think that's Sandy Kenyon. Not to be confused with the New York Entertainment Reporter. He, back in, the, you know, he's an actor. Mm -hmm. So I went, I fast forwarded to the end credits. Yeah, it's him, Sandy Kenyon, in this Gunsmoke episode. And then I thought to myself, well, there's only one other guy that my father ever talked about that he knew that was somewhat famous. And that was a guy named Jeremy Slate. So I, I put on the next episode, as I'm thinking this, I put on the next episode of Gunsmoke. Who's in it? Jeremy Slate. No. I swear to God. Oh, boy. Two, the two only famous people my father ever mentioned that he knew were in back-to-back -back Gunsmoke episodes, and I'm watching it. They were right there. This was crazy. Mm, how, did he, he, how did he know that he went to college with these people? He went Well, 
Jeremy Slate was in the uh, uh, U.S. Army Air Force like my father was, and together with my father in, uh, during World War II. He was a pilot. My father was a grounded navigator, but he was in the Air Army Air Force, and that's how he knew. And, they, you know, he's, he, the guy's six months older than my dad. Your dad's trying to communicate with Sandy you. Kenyon. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then I looked it up. Sandy Kenyon was in... Uh, all kinds of stuff. He was in the That Girl, Hogan's Heroes. Uh, at, in fact, he was in five different episodes of Hogan's Heroes at, as five different characters. Sandy Kenyon was on Gunsmoke five different times from 1958 to 1968, five different characters. Wow. They, he was one of those uh, utility actors. He was in uh, Quincy, Knott's Landing, Designing Women, Twilight Zone, Dick Van Dyke Show. Sandy Kenyon. So I'm like, okay, my dad knows. Okay, big deal. But then when Jeremy Slate shows up on the next episode. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Slate went to uh, a military academy, joined the U.S. Navy when he was 16. He was 18 when his destroyer assisted in the Normandy invasion on D-Day. This is Jeremy Slate now. <clears throat> he went to St. Lawrence University. That's where he met my dad. My dad went to St. Lawrence. That's where he met my mother. St. Lawrence University in Canton, New York. He was um, president of the student body, member of the Honor Society, backfield coach for the only undefeated team in the football history of the... Of the he was a campus radio personality, which my, my mother was... Uh, this is a, a really small little circle. But it all ties into this weird thing. Like, how can that kind of a coincidence happen? Uh, Those things happen to you a lot, though. Uh, and it's bizarre, though, because I'm... It's like, I'm, if I think about it, it happens. It's really weird. Uh, he was in... Uh, Jeremy Slate was in Girls, Girls, Girls with Elvis. Elvis, ooh. He was in the Alfred Hitchcock Hour many times. His Sons, Sons of Katie Elder, a movie with John Wayne, Dean Martin, and Earl Holloman, you know, who, who uh, speaking of Angie Dickinson. And then uh, he was also in The Born Losers, which is the first Billy Jack movie. Remember the B Billy Jack movies? Yes. Uh, and he was in True Grit. So he was in two movies with John Wayne, including pretty much his last big one in 1969, True Grit. Jeremy Slade, everybody. I bet guys like Jeremy Slade, he, he's never been like a leading man, but I bet he's he's got plenty of work, and I bet he made good money. Yeah, yeah, yeah because he was on everything. Um, you guys want some, uh, some very helpful hacks, household hacks? Helpful household hacks. Helpful Household Hacks with Mike Adams. You don't have any music for that, do you? Here we go. We're hacking right now. Here's a hack music yeah. for you. We saved this just for this hack episode. Why would you put tin foil on your doorknobs? Keep the aliens out. You're painting. Instead of trying to wrap a doorknob with tape, you know that tape they use when you paint it? If you don't want to paint the body, they have this stuff that keeps you from painting the, the, the trim. Yep. Well, you painter's use, tape. You, you use tin foil. Very it's good, much though. easier. You just throw a piece of tin foil on the doorknob, wrap it up there tight, and then you don't have to deal with tape and then peeling the tape off. Oh. That's a hack. That's what I call a hack. How about those rigid plastic containers that contain, you know, uh, the, you can't get them open. You know, the ones, you know, the ones are hard plastic. You got something in there. You're trying to get out batteries or something. You can't open it. Oh yeah, you wonder why they're hermetically sealed. Right. You got to get the scissors them. and cut your fingers when you. That, that, that's yeah. exactly the problem. Yep. Well, guess what opens them just like that? What? A can opener. Really? You put it on the side, and it just you just twist the thing, and it op opens it right up. That's, that's a pretty good hack. That's, that's a, good a right. damn good hack. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's better than Shelly hack. Eat hamburgers upside down. Well, it's not really a hack. It's just a choice, but it's a smart choice. Why? 
Well, have you ever built a hamburger and you throw the onions on top, you throw the lettuce and the tomato, and you get the mustard and the, whatever you put on your hamburgers on the top, and then you pick it up and you have to try to put the whole thing around and squeezes it all, stuff comes running out. You turn it upside down because the upper bun is bigger and it's more stable, and then you can eat the thing and the, and the stuff doesn't drip out that way. Hmm. Yeah, eat your hamburgers upside down, try it, get back to me. Life Hacks with Mike Adams continues right after this. But I do want you guys to get back to me on that. Next time you have a hamburger, when's your next hamburger? Probably tomorrow? Uh, no, Thursday. Thursday night. How about you, Wimpy? Uh, Thursday night. But you pay, pay you Tuesday. We FaceTime while pay eating it. hamburgers That's on right. Thursday nights. That's right. We zoom. It's our thing. Yep. Here's the best hack of all. It's hard sometimes, depending on the length of the nail, to, to nail it in without hitting your thumb. You know, you want to you hold it oh. in place. You're holding it in place, and you want to get you... You take a clothespin, yeah, and you you put you put the clothespin on the nail, and the clothespin holds it in place. A wooden clothespin. You know, then you put your hands further down the clothespin, and you take the hammer, you just bang, bang. It doesn't. You're going to hit the nail, ah. and you but keep your, you keep your thumbs out of it. Clothespin, nail, hammer, done. Boom. Okay. I'm, I'm like the hackmeister. Those were great hacks, aren't man. I? Yeah. I got, I'm not even done. We got two more. You ready? And now there's more with Mike Adams. And now this. <laughs> I used to love when they on CBS radio they go to a break. And now this. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. say that. Now Just what? do it. Yeah. When you want to get a f- quick. Uh, this guy's got a cold. <laughs> You've got a cold. He, he's got a no, cold. I got allergies. No, you have a cold. If I if I have a cold next week, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed at you. Oh man. You're sneezing on us. <laughs> oh. <this> is- <laughs> E flat alto horn. <laughs> uh, if you want to get your drinks qu- quicker, uh, cooler quicker, instead of putting them in a, in ice and all this, stuff, you wrap the drink in a wet napkin or the yeah. bottle or whatever it is. Yeah. You put it in the freezer, and it, in like eight minutes, it's it's cold. So you wrap the bottle. Yeah. You take a wet napkin and ra- freeze it, and then put it in the freezer. And instead of uh, just putting the drink in the freezer, because that takes forever. Mm. If you put a, a wet napkin around the bottle, it makes it, it happens quicker. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's a super, super hack. It's a great hack, Mike. I'm going to try that. And here's the best one. I said the other one was the best one, but I, I changed my mind. This is great. You know how your microwave gets all kinds of schmutz stuck on the side of the wall? You know, spaghetti sauce, whatever, beefaroni, whatever you put and in your it gets microwave. baked mm-hmm. right on there, yeah. And it's oh, gross. Awful. You say, ah, I'm going to clean the thing. I have to paint Did you ever my cook ass. an egg in a microwave? No. Oh. No. I haven't. It becomes a fart machine. It's awful. Really? It smells bad. I love fart machines. <laughs> <laughs> so with the microwave cleaning made easy, you take a glass of water, you know, a microwave-proof glass. Yes. You know, or one of those measuring cups or whatever, you know, that's microwave safe. Yeah. You put it, fill it with water, and then you turn the thing on high, and you just let the thing boil and steam and boil and steam in there. You know, and the steam, it be- eventually becomes steam. And it steams the shit off the side of your microwave oven. And then after it's all done... You just wipe you it clean. wipe it. It's, everything comes off like that. That's a terrific hack. It's a super hack. Wow, Mike. Now, if I could only find a hack that would fix the Patriots' offense... Ugh. Hi. Oh, boy. As Alan Sherman would say, oh, oh boy. boy. Yeah, I'm by. They suck. Uh, the Patriots, this is the first time this has ever happened, I think. First of all, their defense is playing great. In three in three games that they lost, mm-hmm. they gave up 26 points. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. That's eight so points a game. they lost three games in a row where their defense gave up 10 or fewer points. That's the first time it happened since the Chicago Cardinals in 1938. 
Well, he must have a sports talk My show. My God. But uh, the problem yeah. is, in those same three games, they scored 13. Oh, God. So and they got shut out last game with Bailey Zappi. And I'm like, what's happened? Yeah. These guys don't – doesn't anyone know how to play this Just game? Just play Malik Cunningham so it can be somewhat entertaining. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> I'm you know guessing, how much I lost on my bet? I was just going to say. $15,000. I bet you lost money. That's I, There you are. Last night I had Trevor and the uh, Jaguars to win. You know, piece of cake against the Bengals, who don't even have their quarterback. Hmm. And, and, I, and I picked the Celtics to beat the Pacers. I, I, I doubled them up. And I put all my money, all of it, on that parlay of the Celtics winning and the Jackson. Not my, no, no spread or anything. Wah. Guess what? You lose. Yeah, both. Now, you know, if I wasn't so handsome and necessary in this world, I'd just kill myself. Oh, wait. Too bad. I said, how can I do a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's all I got for you guys, except I do have a very special moment. Really? Mm. Yeah, musically speaking. Musically speaking. Musically? Yeah, our friends Joe and Jerry. It's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, Company B from 1973, 50 years ago. Let's go, guys. I'm all set, Mike. Peckerhead. He was a famous trumpet man from out Chicago way. He had a boogie style that no one else could play. He was a top man at his craft. But then his number came up and he was gone with the draft. He's in the army now, blowing reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. They made him blow a bugle for his Uncle Sam. It really brought him down because he couldn't jam. Captain seemed to understand, Joe. Because the next day the captain went out and drafted a band, and now the company jumps when he plays Reveille. He's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B. I wrote a two. I wrote a two to Tulio to bait to the bar. In boogie rhythm. He can't blow a note unless a bass and guitar is playing with him. And the company jumps when he plays Reveille because he's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. He was some Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. When he played his Boogie Woogie Bugle, he was busy as a busy fucking bee. When he played the company jumped eight to the bar. He's the Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy of Company B. That's Charles. He blows. What kind of bar is this? He blows an eight to the bar, Joe. Did he walk in the wrong place? When he plays Reveille. There he goes. Blow that horn. Blow it. Blow it. Blow it. He's blowing it, Joe. He puts the boys to sleep with Boogie every night. He wakes them up the same way in the early bright. They clap their hands and stamp their feet. Because they know how it goes when someone gives them a beat. Oh, oh, he makes them up when he went. Probably, he's a buggy, 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 buggy. Blow that fucking thing.